world. Oh, we're in Estevar to dig. Ah, Sean, I've been practicing this in secondary school. <laughs> oh, my bad, my it. bad. I got so excited. I got so excited. Go ahead, go ahead. I was hoping my career as an advert voiceover was coming to life. But to the point, we are going to Barcelona for Paddy's Day. They have changed the date of the marathon. So we now have the extra days leave. We have no excuses. PBs are there to be had from the 14th to the 17th of March, 2025. Myself and Sean are filling a bus. 56 people will be leaving Dublin Airport and heading to Barcelona. I am making a T-shirt for the trip. It's going to be Eric approved. I cannot guarantee the medals. That's where I draw the line. Prices are still the same, but we do need to book by June 7th. So if anyone is thinking about coming, has signed up and pre-registered, you need to book this week. And if you're listening this week, you have to put your money where your mouth is on this one because we cannot guarantee the prices after this weekend. Erlingus, if you're listening, fuck off. Don't change anything, but that is what we are doing. So the link to everything is in the bio. You'll be brought straight to the WeTransfer. If you're traveling with a supporter, if you're traveling on your own and willing to share, or if you just want your own room, we have every option available and it's going to be a fantastic weekend. Like Eric said, the link to that is in our Instagram bio at any given Runday podcast. With that said, it's this week's episode of the Any Given Runday podcast. Let's go. Happy New Year, guys. How are we going? Happy New Year. What, what tone was that in? I thought you were yeah, going to sing a song there. Were you going to sing Happy Birthday or what was going there? You just switched halfway oh, through. I got Am I, uh, yeah, I don't know. Rush of blood to the head. Just, First podcast since 2022. You didn't know what was going on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> New Year, old me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sean, you're going to love this, right? You know the way every country has their own slang words? Yes. All right. And because I've been dating an Aussie for a few years now, I've picked up a few of them. And, you know, my family always slag me off. Like I said, stacked it to Eric the other day. And he was like, what do you mean? Is that like falling on your face? And I was like, yeah. Like, does everyone not use that word? Or my family always get me with the dooner. It's actually a duvet. Lost. <laughs> Lost already, yeah. but go ahead. I, I had a new one last week. Breakfast TV commentator comes on, right? Would have never seen this coming. What do you think the Aussie slang for an egg is? Like you Sean, was a big chicken Sean farmer. Sean should get it. Chicken farmer. Aussie slang Aussie for slang an egg. For now this egg. this was on breakfast TV. So like I feel like I can say it. Oh Jesus. Now now because you put that kind of context on, I'm afraid <laughs> to say the wrong kind of word. So I'm, I'm, it's a Sunday morning as we're talking. I know it's breakfast TV where you heard it, but I'm, I'm going to back out of this one and just let you go with it. Eric, go on. You may as well tell him. No, no. Rachel, it's funny when it comes from you. <laughs> yeah. They refer to it as a bum nut. A what? <laughs> <laughs> I was having my breakfast going, excuse me, what? Say that again? <laughs> a bum nut. <laughs> it's a nut that comes from your bum <laughs> I just thought it was brilliant to give a bit more context they had the presenter out frying his New Year's Day breakfast while giving the news report of the cyclone so lashing rain and he's pop or he's cracking his bum nut onto his pan 
I was like, what is going on? <laughs> that direction when you said give him more context is about to cut you off with the intro music in straight away. My God. <laughs> I think on that note, let's just play the music. Let's go. <laughs> I don't know how we're going to cover a bum, bum nut, guys, but we're going to start. And um, Happy New well, Year. We'll start by getting off your bums. I think that is what the topic of this podcast is getting off your bum and getting moving getting moving getting off your bum okay we'll get straight into that rachel back to happy new year everyone hope you're well (laughs) new year old eric but new everyone else let's talk plans and specifically fitness plans Okay, so I suppose one of the goals people have this year, might have this year, especially this is the Any Given Run Day podcast, is uh, getting back into running. So what we're going to do in this episode of the podcast is for the first 10, 15 minutes, if you're like, oh my God, it's been so long since I've done running, but I've seen this podcast pop up online. I want to get into running, couch to 5K running, haven't run for a long time, getting back into that. We're going to throw some tips and advice on that for the first 10, 15 minutes. After that, and we, we've already done this, is Rachel is going to do a consultation with myself going over my own goals, my 5K PB plan. So if you've done 5Ks before and you're like, ah, couch to 5K, I, I'm past that stage this, at this uh, time. One, keep listening links. might be something you pick up in the first 10, 15 minutes. But two, I promise you, the amount of knowledge bombs that Rachel drops in the next 30 minutes after that when she's talking to me about my 5K PB bands, uh, plans and trying to intertwine that with my other goals because I made it complicated for Rachel. I can't be simple and say, hey, Rachel, I'm going for a 5K PB and that's all I have planned for 2022. I've got other things, other goals, other challenges I've signed up for. Uh, and to watch how Rachel puts that all together into a six-week plan, uh, you will definitely, I guarantee you, get something out of this episode towards your own goals, your own running goals for 2022. So with that said, uh, straight and into- And we promise to keep it PG. We, yeah, no, no yeah. more bum, no tots. In a, in a nutshell, it's going to be... <laughs> <laughs> um, I suppose straight into it. I'm not a big fan of New Year's resolutions, by the way, but I do like assessing goals and stuff throughout the year. It's like New Year's resolutions, like people think about, I got to get it done in two, three weeks and they, they burn themselves out. So when they're going for a run, it's like, I got to run fast now. And people go out and they're all motivated to run. It's very easy to get out the start of the year because you have that high motivation. And then... They run hard, they run fast, they feel great, the music's pumping the headphones, and then a minute or two later, you know, the, the breathing gets heavier, the stitch comes in, they get tired, and they just feel deflated, and they run hard too fast and just feel like crap. Sometimes you can motivate yourself to go back out again another day, another day or two doing that and keep getting faster and faster, but then the, the bottom's going to fall out of it and you're not going to be able to stick with it with that pace. So like we've always preached in this podcast, um, slow it down more heart rate training, more keep it slow, conversational pace. And we talk about that later as well. So no matter what stage you're at, a lot of your runs should be that steady conversational pace, building up your aerobic capacity, your endurance training. And another thing on that is I'd say set a goal for the next six to eight weeks. So if you are going for a 5K PB or 10K or whatever run it is, have that goal set up into February or March so you allow yourself to build up throughout January, February into that goal rather than I have to achieve everything right now. Yeah, I think there's a few good things with January and I think whether you're an athlete that's doing it a long time or whether you're just getting into it, it's it's an opportunity to just think like a beginner. You know, yeah. whether you're going to set a goal for yourself to be like, oh, I'm going to do this this year. You have to let your ego go in January. You have to 
it's like you're starting all over again for everyone, you know, and, you know, things you might have done last year, even if you have been training, you might not have done them right and you mm. might not know it all. And same as ourselves, we don't know it all. Sean is thinking like a beginner now and he's starting a new plan uh, with someone who knows and has been around the block a little bit more. And yep. I think that's the important thing is that you, you don't know it all. Um, and it's it's important to just think like a beginner, be open-minded, let your ego go and kind of trust in the process, I suppose. And we always kind of mention that, that it's the process that's good. You know, motivation will only stick around for two weeks. And unfortunately, action tends to come before motivation. It's only when you put on your shoes and get out for that run that after the run, you feel motivated. You know, the motivation isn't necessarily there when it's raining and you're looking at the leftover elite Kimberleys <laughs> and everything else that have hung on after Christmas. So, yeah, I suppose just be realistic, you know, set five minute goals to just get you moving because sometimes you need that little action to to get the motivation as well. But everyone's going to be motivated for the next three weeks and yeah. uh, take advantage of it. But just make sure you have a few things in place that you can keep yourself going into February. A few little triggers, leave your shoes by the door pack your bag the night before so that if anything else comes up, you still have something done that can make that transition into getting out there a little bit easier. Exactly. Setting those routines and stuff in place. And like you talked about, Eric, there, leave your ego to the door because before we started this podcast with Seth and Rachel were talking about like embracing walking, you know, embrace that walk, run strategy. Like Rachel, you talk about with your intervals. It doesn't have to be as fast you can and slowing it down, different tempos. Like if you're starting out running, don't be afraid to do those walks as well, Rachel. Oh, absolutely. Because you have to start somewhere. Like you're not going to go ahead and run 5k straight away. I mean, you might, but you're not going to go out the next day and do it. Mm. So like, what do we mean by getting out, getting off the couch, getting started, like going for a walk. And then if you can run for a minute, amazing. You ran. If the next day you go out for your walk and you get a minute in or else you do a minute at the start and a minute at the end, you're running. So when we think of running, we think that we have to be able to go out and run for a certain distance or a certain time. No, running is just quick walking, basically. If you're out for your walk, speed it up a bit, start jogging and just hold it for as long as you can. But that is a start. And definitely in the long term, routine completely overshadows motivation because motivation just isn't going to exist. And just my dad is a classic example of this. My dad, not a runner, didn't really run. You know, maybe as a kid, you know, it was quite popular, but then did nothing for years. About six years ago, himself and a friend just decided, right, we're going to meet up every Saturday, Sunday in the forest, 8.30. Six years later, unless one of them is not there, they are in the forest at 8.30 every Saturday, Sunday. That is the power of routine. But then that also comes on to another thing is having a buddy or having someone to hold you accountable. Like if my dad just sleeps it out, that's not a good enough reason to leave his friend standing in the pissing rain in the forest at 8.30. You know, if you have someone like that and they're amazing, like they mightn't be quick. Like my dad reckons since he did his first marathon three years ago, he hasn't run that quick since then. Yeah, it's exactly that kind of thing. Running with other people or keeping yourself accountable yeah. some way, whether it's social media, uh, whether it's using Strava. I think that's one of the things with Strava that people can get lost on is like people always think about posting up your PBs, your physical 
times and people, I mean, look at the times. People don't care about times. They don't, they don't, they really yeah. don't. Like, they don't, it's like, oh, someone did a, a, a run, fair play, hit the like button, move on. It's not really paces and stuff like that that's interesting people. It's the person putting up thinks about that a lot more. Like Eric says, leave the ego at the door. And I think, but with something like Strava, the best thing about it is, it shows your consistency rather than your, your PBs and your paces. Treat it as, okay, that post keeps going up there because I'm staying consistent with my runs rather than, oh my God, I did a 5K in, in 27 minutes. I My next 5K better be in 26 minutes because otherwise people are going to notice I'm not as fast as it was because guess what? People don't know what your 5K was last time. They're not comparing your Strava results People don't care that much, to be totally honest with you. So use it more for consistency and getting yourself out there and find people to run with as well. And I think you're right there, Sean. I think the most impressive thing about someone, about someone who's training is their consistency. It's not, okay, you can be blown away by someone who goes, I ran a 5K in 60 minutes like Rachel Wood. You know, it is, it's very impressive. But what it blows us away is Rachel's consistency in training. She's always on the bike. She's always in the pool. She's always going for a run. You know, if, if Rachel's not training, you're kind of like, is something wrong with you? And it's impressive. It is impressive to see that that kind of consistency. So I think just in the, after Christmas, I went and I was going on a run and I seen someone I haven't seen in eight years. And uh, I was two and a half K in and I paused to watch and they were walking the opposite direction and said, oh, I'll walk back with you. And then I thought about it for a minute. I was like, will I save this run? It's only 2.5K. And I didn't pause it for the last two minutes I've been talking. So my average is 7.20 per kilometer. I was like, yep, save. <laughs> you got out there. At the end of the day, I did. I did 2.5K. I got out for the 15 minutes. And it just adds up. I suppose if you metrics are dangerous, it depends on which one you use. So for me this year, it's the kilometers total. So whether I'm out for a minute or I'm out for an hour, any run I do is going to be tracked because I want to hit a thousand kilometers in the year. That's my goal for the year. Yeah. I only got to 600 this year. So I think by hitting a thousand will keep me relatively consistent. And I think it's achievable. I, I think it's, mm. again, I could say, oh, my goal is 5,000 kilometers this year, but it's it's probably just unrealistic. Um, And that's just in running, by the way. So it's... Uh, I think using the right metrics for you that suit your lifestyle, suit your availability of timing is what's important. You know, if you've only got 15 minutes a day, if you can do 15 minutes every day, Monday to Friday, then that's a really, really good goal. And that's a really good standard of consistency. 100%. And and the other thing is, on, on top of that, building your consistency is enjoy it. Like I went out on Stevens's day for a run this year. And not because I ate too much on Christmas Day. I, I had a lot of Christmas Day. I drank a lot of Christmas Day. And to be honest with you, not, unless I did another 50K run, I was not burning off the calories that I ate on Christmas Day. So it definitely wasn't the burn calories. <laughs> I, I literally went out because, you know, like I said in the Instagram post, you know, may as well call me Forrest Gump, but I enjoy running. So I actually enjoyed sticking on the headphones, getting out there and just, you know, listen to some Jay-Z and just run along the beach and up in the mountain and back down again towards the house of Miklow. And I was just like, that hour of just clearing the head, slow, steady state run, because I enjoyed doing it. And, and it's the, the one thing I've done th- this past year compared to previous years is is building that, is enjoying my running at build up my consistency rather than shit, I have to go out and run to do this or this. It's like, no, I actually just want to go out and run. So embrace that journey. Don't try and achieve everything in January. You've got a long year ahead of you. Build your goals throughout the year. And if you're not enjoying it on some level, well, then you're not going to stick to it and build that consistency. But then having yeah, like, a reason is also good. Yes. Like, as you said, nobody is forcing you out that door. 
Like you always say, oh, I have to go and run. No, you don't. No one has a gun to your head saying, go out and run 5K. You have to do it. So if your goal is to run a 5K, well, then I want to this run because it gets me a step further. Or maybe your goal is weight loss and that's why you've decided to take up running. Well, then you should want to lose the weight enough to go out and do the run. So, you know, having, again, this is where we kind of come back to having that bit of motivation is really good. But then once you use that motivation to set a routine, it shouldn't be a case of, oh, I feel like I have to do it. 100%. Okay, with that said, I think we will move on to uh, Rachel's interrogation of me towards my 5K PB goals over the next six weeks. Eric, before we say goodbye to you for the first episode of 2022, anything to add right now? Any particular goals you might want to put yourself out there for? Since I'm going to put myself out there in a couple of minutes' time in this podcast, I'm putting you in the spot right now. Um, my... I've had a long think about it, but I am going to do a half Ironman this year. I said I'd do an Ironman and it may still happen, but I'm setting a realistic goal for myself, something that can happen even if life majorly gets in the way. So a half Ironman is the goal for the year. Um, and then uh, the Ironman possibly. I'm putting a possibly on it because it's a big commitment, but we will see what happens. Rachel forgot it's an audio podcast because she's jumping up and down right now. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Iron Man gets stuffed, right? I'm good. But I've always said that before, not before I'm 30, but before my 31st birthday, just to give myself that extra year, I would like to have completed uh, a 70.3. Now, I still have a few years to go, but I think there's a really, really nice 70.3 I have eyed up at the end of the year. I also think I might aim for that. But I am looking for a coach. I'll talk about that later on. Mm. I... That's completely out of my depth. No idea what I'd even be doing. So, yeah, I'm going to need help to get there. But again, it's a goal. I have to start somewhere. And, of- you know, I'm starting small with my sprint triathlons. Eric, you're going to get out and do a few shorter triathlons because you have to start somewhere and then you build. So yeah, you know, that, same- that'll be the plan yeah. anyway. I'm training for the plan is. By June, July, I'm looking for a half Ironman. That will be the first race. It'll be a big mind battle for me. And then I'm going to continue with the triathlon season for the summer uh, with the Olympic distances, a couple of sprints, and continue my training and use them as kind of training. And if all is going well, Barcelona, October, Ironman. Okay, I'm right, since you guys slower. both did it. <laughs> time scale mine will be december so i'm giving december. myself a full 12 months because that's smart thinking i'm not putting pressure on myself to achieve my goals within a few months giving myself a year i'm going for okay. 10 months so you know it's nearly a year yeah anyway I- i'm gonna no, go for also, tw- let's let's start talking about sean and sean's goals Right, I'm out. I'm going to make myself some butternuts here and might scramble some butternuts and might fry some butternuts. I don't know what I'm going to do with my butternuts, but uh, I'm off. You That's it with butternuts talk. Straight into our conversation, myself and Rachel on my 5K PB plans uh, <laughs> over the next six weeks. So, Sean, you had a great end to 2021 in terms of your running progress. What do you reckon? Yeah, so... um that's first of all it's weird being asked questions on this podcast (laughs) as being interviewed myself (laughs) but um yeah so i had this but to go back i talked before the podcast i did the thoroughbred marathon at the end of october 
and I, I talked about going on too fast and legs giving out. But a part of me was niggling at myself, just kind of like, did I give up mentally too easy? And I read David Goggins' book about how, you know, when you get to a certain stage, you feel like you're giving up, you're only 40% of the way there. And, and just a couple of different things as well, doing run the line and all the rest and find a way to keep on going. I was like, maybe I gave up too easy and 42 just seems a far way away. So I wanted to make sure that 42 wasn't a far way, way away. Another way of doing that is getting past 42. So I set myself up to do three, little over 10 mile runs there on, on Christmas week, because what else would you do on Christmas week? And uh, yeah, I got myself my, my first 50K. Wasn't the, the, the greatest time in the world, but um, it, it was actually easier to do it in loops, right? I did 10 mile, got a bit of food into me, 10 mile again, got a bit of food into me. Thought I'm pretty much crazy for going back out a third time, but went there anyway. The third time was an absolute struggle. But uh, yeah, no, got the 50K done. Absolutely delighted with it. And believe it or not, wasn't as sore doing that as it was doing a marathon because um, you, you probably know, know more about this in terms of like my pace because I was pacing myself throughout it because it wasn't a race for me. It was just a case of getting it done. The legs were actually grand. I was actually training like normal two days later. Whereas when I did the marathon, because I was pushing a lot harder and faster, I was in bits for, for the best part of that week. My, my training just went, went all to, to, to hell because I couldn't do anything. Great person talk about that um, with is Dara, um, Barrow Valley runner. Because yeah. that was his thing with running from Robertstown down to um, past uh, Craig Namana. Um, he said, you know, it's so easy to go quick early on that he had to be like, nope, pull it back, pull it back. Mm. And then when he'd like us joining him at different stages to not get carried away and run quicker, that he had to stick to his pace and we had to, you know, go around that and respect that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you know absolutely you did the right thing there but I would disagree I just think was it four no yeah four times you did that 10 mile loop three times so the reason I do it and, and I would normally Wait. disagree with laps um so it's a slightly over 10 miles each time and uh, I normally I normally be like laps are definitely out but it's because I've done that so many times that 10 mile loop like most Sundays yeah. I wouldn't do that I knew where my head was at straight away. I knew where each and every hill was. I knew when I had to pull back a bit. I knew, okay, I've already got this amount of time to go to the back of the house. So when it was the third time doing it, and I was in, with the legs were like halfway through, I had to stop uh, for that loop in my back. And legs were bits so like, Sean, I've done this so many times. I know I can finish this now. And it wasn't a case of if I finish, it's like, when will I finish? Okay, this is coming up. This is where I can slow down, get a bit of water into me and keep going from there. But to your point, like, like going back to like the virtual marathons and people doing laps, that sounds insane to me. But for some reason, three was it was a nice number uh, in terms of going up, up and back for me personally. Uh, and it was definitely a mental thing. It was all like, uh, had I not mentally prepared myself each time coming back, Okay, you're going back out again. There's no way I do it. Like, there's no way if I if we finish up this podcast right now, I'll go for a run. There's probably no way I do 50k because I'm not in the right mental pace space for it. <laughs> it took me two three weeks to, to to build myself up to do it. Yeah, so like it was, I suppose, a physical achievement as well as you said that mental achievement, mm. knowing that it's not that the marathon was out of reach. It's just whatever happened that particular day got too excited. Yeah, you know, we hadn't had events in a long time. Suddenly we were out and there was lots of people around you. It's easy to get carried away in that momentum. And that's exactly what happened. I, I thought I was going at a steady pace. And then I was looking at the watch and I was going, oh, Jesus, I'm running a 4.55. I haven't ran that myself in months that long. So I was just doing marathon training. I, I wasn't doing much intervals or anything like that at all. It was just literally just to do the pace, uh, to do the distance. And then all of a sudden I'm running at a pace that I was 
definitely not comfortable doing but yeah I was doing that for 15, 20, 25k and then the wheels just came out from under me uh, it was definitely still a physical thing that day but I still think I, I mentally gave up too early that day as well so at least you know what you need to work on for the yeah. next marathon and I mean if nothing else that in itself is a resolution to have to bring your lessons from 2021 into this year I think if nothing else, that's a very positive resolution. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. But you've gone completely opposite then because you're after setting yourself a goal for this coming February and it's not a 50K. Please tell us what you're planning. Okay, so, so the goal for midway through February is a goal I've had before that I've never quite done. The ultimate goal for this is a 5K, but it's do it sub 20. We had a thing in the podcast before about sub-20s and stuff, and Eric and Connor hit it, and I've I've been nowhere close to it. So my, my fastest time is 21.55. Now, it wasn't a race because, you know, COVID times and all the rest, but still, I, I don't think I'm, I'm any faster than 21.30. So we have, I'm working in the gym out in Clane, and we're getting people back into running for the new year because, you know, people want to do that kind of thing. And midway through February, they're running the streets of Clane 5K, I was like, oh, that'd be a pretty cool thing to sign up. And then I was talking with the coaches, like, I, I, I'd love to sign up to myself, but, you know, Tuesday evenings, you have me working, there's no way I could do that, and just taking the easy way out. And she's like, oh, no, you're off Tuesday evening for that now. We're, we're signing up for that. I'm like, shit. So uh, with, with that said, I'm like, okay, the, the challenge is there now. Um, if I'm going to do this event, I want to get six weeks all in, somewhat all in. I, I'll explain that in a second. And uh, the goal would be to get as close as I can to the, obviously, to get a PB, under 21.55 would be thrilled with that. But the ultimate goal, and it may not happen this time, but it will happen sometime, is to get under the 20 minutes. And what date is this race? Now, just so we can count back and keep you going. February 15th. So it's exactly six weeks from Tuesday. Okay. Uh, Yeah, is it? Yeah, perfect. So just thinking now why are we why are we suddenly thinking caps on what is the plan going forward how are we going to get you across that line because you know you have this goal yeah but you know we talk a lot um i suppose especially in a school setting about these smart targets Mm -hmm. so they have to be simple it has to be achievable it has to be measurable and you have to have a time frame so i think you're pretty set on all of those things it's just getting you there. So what is that plan? Um, so there's a small spanner in the works in this plan because um, if, if people watching the day are looking at Instagram the other day, I got a bike. So I have signed myself up to a 59K run and cycle in Glendalough on April 2nd. Oh, uh, which on means April 2nd. Yeah, so it's further away. But I still need to start using the bike. So my plan is for endurance is to do like my endurance runs. The longer runs will be to introduce the bike. And that you could totally disagree with me on this one, by the way. I, I'm fully open to what, what you suggest for this. But I think I need to bring the bike into it now. Um, just even not not in terms of any kind of speed work, not in terms of any hill work, not anything that's, that's going to crush me for other events, but just like steady state kind of endurance for the bike and then get a bit of running in because I also need to build up endurance for the legs because I might be running a little bit longer to start a match. Well, I suppose from someone who's just transitioned into triathlon pretty hmm. recently, I think the bike makes you so much stronger on the run. So okay. I definitely 
think absolutely put in those runs. And I actually, I've always said this myself since I started doing triathlon. Like I just feel so strong running some days and I know it's purely from the bike. And I just always say that if I had been cycling back when I was running, instead of doing some of those junk miles, yeah. like instead of doing double days, let's say, if I had substituted one of them with a cycle, I oh. just think it would have been so much better because you're still, you're getting the aerobic workout, you're getting your muscles, like, you know, you're working the muscles, but it's not load impact. Mm. So it's very easy on the body come in comparison to just pure running. Your knees will thank you. Well, that's just taken a complete negative. What I thought was trying to get cycling incorporated into, into a positive, as in like, we should be including cycling into this program then for, for multiple reasons now. Oh, absolutely. Like, sure, any runner who gets injured, what's the first thing they do? Hop on a bike. On a bike or in a pool. And I think, you know, there's so much that if you're a runner, you have to run. Run. How could I possibly be training for running if I wasn't running? And, you know, since I started triathlon training, it's just completely flipped on its head. I realized, okay, if, if I make my runs impactful so like i do intervals or do tempo and we'll come back and talk about them in a while Mm. but if my running is very specific well then my easy miles or my recovery miles can be done on the bike because then i am training up that different set of muscles but i'm still getting the aerobic workout and i'm probably getting more of a recovery than i would be if i went out for half an hour on my feet go Okay, so it's it that that's that sort of then then a lot of the the easy days will be more more cycling based than run based. Yeah, absolutely. So we were working together. So Sean has decided to follow um, a 5K plan that I have created. Mm-hmm. And again, this plan is specifically for people who like yourself, Sean you know, you are running at the moment, you can comfortably cover 5k. You've just proved you can comfortably cover 10 times that distance. <laughs> <laughs> not too sure about comfortable. We, we, we can cover it though. Okay. Well, maybe not the comfortable, but you still did it. Yeah. And uh, that's more than my totals. Most weeks are so. <laughs> okay. I'm probably doing half of that most weeks, never mind in one go. Um, so like, you know, we're working together on this plan, but with this plan, it's kind of five days, four to five days you can get away with, but really right. there's specific stuff on two and sometimes three of the days. But that means you still have four or five days in the week where you can cycle easy or cycle hard if you have to, like, obviously you need to build up um, it's Wicklow. There's going to be hills. Mm-hmm. You really need to start cycling on some hills. Right up. <laughs> but you know, you can absolutely train for a fast 5k just purely on cycling. Um, and I suppose, again, going back to triathlon, because since I changed triathlon, my whole mindset around running training has just changed. Right. Like, my last two triathlons, yes, I'd been doing a bit more running, still not a massive amount of running, and I was sub-20 both times. Jesus. Whereas I reckon if I had just ran without cycling, I don't think my body could have coped. I think my body would have probably broke down before then. That's interesting, all right, because so, I would have been on the mindset myself, more running means faster running as opposed to 
the, I, I know that the muscles and stuff like that, but the impact yeah. was still getting used to the impact somewhat for the running. But but you're, you're a credit to it that uh, that that's not the case, that cycling could definitely help your running. Oh, and like since I started cycling, I reckon that I know I haven't gotten near my my quickest time ever, but I've definitely ran more comfortable at the speeds I ran compared to when I ran them just running. Gotcha. And I reckon that, you know, I'll talk about this in a second, but my plan for the upcoming year, I do reckon I can get close to those times and I reckon I can do it off run bike training. Now I'm not saying that would work for everyone because some people just can't hack the bike, mm-hmm. but if you can do it and do it well, but the bike oh, itself has its, it. has its own goal. Like for example, you're doing track on, so you, you need to be on the bike. So it, it works both ways. Whereas if you have no interest at all in getting on the bike and you hate the idea of being on a bike, then maybe incorporating a bike in your running training is probably not the best idea. No, because again, it goes back to the mindset. If you're like, yeah. oh, for God's sake, I have to do a cycle today. Like, I hate this. Such an effort to get out. It might be windy. You know, it's not going to work for everyone. Mm-hmm. And like, obviously, there's so many people who have proven that you don't need the cycling to run quick. Again, I've done it both ways. My quickest times, I wasn't doing any cross training. But if you look at some of the best runners in the world, they will cross train. And it can be like your elliptical machine. It can be the bike. Some of them just even get in the pool for that aerobic workout, recovery, absolutely no impact on the body. So like whatever, you know, you were saying about it was a spanner in the works, you know, having to wanting to train for this 5K PB, but then having this adventure race that requires you to cycle. But it doesn't have to be. It Mm -hmm. can actually be something really positive. Brilliant. So we're, we're obviously that that's the easy day sort of the other thing that I haven't been doing much of that I, I need, I know I need to do more of. Um, I, I obviously you should be taking over this rather than me. So if I'm not, I'm, I'm off this, just say, Sean, shut up. I'm taking over this. Uh, it's just a habit of my head doing that as a talking with Sean, shut up. But uh, tempo runs. Yeah. So like, with this plan that you're going to be following for the next few weeks and we'll keep people updated on how it goes, but like speed training, I'm I'm actually going to take a step back before I even say tempo because you've just jumped straight in 10 miles. You're just (laughs) 10 miles ahead of me at the moment. And if you want to run 5k, first of all, you need to know that you can cover the distance. And we've already said that tenfold over, you can tick that box. You can cover the distance. But you mentioned about taking it slow, going at your own pace. Mm-hmm. That's not going to break a 5K PB. No. And for anyone listening, PB is um, your personal best or someone might call it P or your personal record, the quickest time you've ever done that distance. So we need to get you going shorter distances, but quicker. So the whole thing is you don't have to be doing massive mileage to do a 5K, especially if you know, again, this is not couch to 5K. We've already talked about that for building up to 5K. But if you were there and you were trying to get quicker, you need to maybe do less miles, but do it quicker. Because if you can get comfortable running at or quicker than race pace, when it comes to the day, it's going to feel like a walk in the park. You're actually going to be like, okay, I think I'm going too slow here and you probably are bang on pace. So that is the whole thing. 
you need to do your speed work so that when it comes to race day, you're like, this pace actually feels slow. So I'm comfortable. I know that I'll get through this 5k at whatever target you've set. And then like speed work comes in mainly two forms and three, if you want to be a bit more specific, but intervals and tempo. And now why did you decide to mention tempo there? Is it just on your brain? Do you just think, okay, I need to get quicker. I need to do some tempos or what was it that made you think? quicker so you're when you were talking about there it set up a couple of light bulbs in my head you're talking when we get there today doing the 5k and you're comfortable at that pace so when i did my 2155 or when i did you know anywhere near 22 i am anything but comfortable i i am at the point where i nearly throw up so like if, if i look back in those splits I, I'm probably around a 420, 4.30 for the first two, 3K. I'm near five minutes for the 4K, and then I know I'm nearly done, so I find something with that 5K in, and then by five kilometers, 5.01, just to be sure on Strava, I collapse in the ground in a heap. I am in an awful way. I am I am never comfortable. I start off too fast, and my speed is not there. So the reason I went, to be honest with you, I, I, I probably – intertwined speed and tempo in that in, in terms of just saying faster it's speed tempo intervals is what i meant when i said um tempo runs there to be totally honest with you yeah so like i said intervals and tempo really are your two key things for speed work and what they are is intervals is just where you mix up the speed so i might say to you go out and run 10 500s with like two minute recovery so you'd go out and run 500 at whatever pace we set, and then you'd take two minutes easy. And then you did the same thing again. And so you're practicing that really quick running, but then you're giving yourself a chance to recover. Because what happens is when we run quick, we start building up lactic acid. And then that's when you get really tired. You know, your legs are really heavy. You feel like you can't push through. So by taking the short break you're giving your body a chance to kind of shift some of that and then Mm -hmm. you go again so you're building up i suppose that feeling comfortable at that pace but then your body's ability to adapt and to get you through that pace for a sustained period of time and tempo fits in there as well but tempo runs tend to be longer and slower than an interval so an interval you'd be anywhere from maybe race pace to a bit quicker for the tempo you'd be less than race pace which you know we're trying to get you comfortable running quick but that doesn't mean you have to be running race pace okay i would assume tempo is faster so uh, but so you're not totally creasing yourself on the tempo runs no, because you've probably heard of your threshold heart rate. So obviously yeah. in a race, you're max out, like your heart rate's probably going to be through the roof. Mm-hmm. But your tempo run should be done at your threshold heart rate, which is, you know, the next category down from flat out. Okay. Um. So they're not meant to be race pace, but they're still getting you comfortable running at that quick pace for a sustained period of time and again temp and tempo runs can be done in an interval basis so like you don't have to go out and run 20 minutes flat like you'd run at that sustained level for could be five minutes could be 10 minutes could be 15 minutes then you might take a short break and again by a break 
I'm a big believer in this active recovery. So if you can at all jog, even if you're practically jogging on the spot, don't walk because then it's harder to get going again. But take your short recovery and then go straight back into your next round of the tempo. Okay. And whereas intervals tend to be a bit shorter, like I said, tempo could be 5, 10, 15 minutes. Really for a 5K, the max interval you're going to be doing is a kilometer something like five by a kilometer at that target pace. Again, you're getting your recovery, but you're going shorter and quicker than a tempo. Um, Left field question. I'm not there yet in terms of like, I know, for example, tomorrow, if if I I was sent out to do a five by one K and I was like, well, the pace should be, you know, a four minute kilometer pace. I might hit four minutes the first one. I know I'll go 410, 420, 430 as the kilometers go on. Um, one, do you set the pace? I think I know the answer, but just for this, do you set the pace lower? So I, I do like 420 and try and do five straight 420s or you go fast and then drop down. And the second part is, which is a weird one, I know it's not the same. I know I could do that on a treadmill. Uh, I know resistance and all the rest is different on a treadmill than road running, but the legs are going faster. Is there any correlation between doing the odd tempo on, or the odd interval on a treadmill? I know that that's a two-part question, so whatever way you want to answer that, uh, um, sorry about that. I'll answer the second part first. Okay. Um, I think there was one year where Mo Farah did all his running on a treadmill, okay. and that could have been an Olympic year. Like, some top athletes do all their running on a treadmill um, it is meant to be a little um, less impactful on the body so you can recover a bit quicker from it again obviously if you have really old treadmills maybe not as accurate just be careful be mindful of you know how quick you are going how the body's feeling but no there's absolutely nothing wrong with with throwing in tempo runs every now and then especially if it's mentally easier for you to watch the numbers tick by than to focus on some point in the distance gotcha uh, second part of the question, there is absolutely no way you'd be going out next week and doing five by a K. Thank you. <laughs> it just wouldn't happen. Now, I do everything backwards just okay. because it's me. So after I did my last triathlon, which we talked about, in, I think it was three episodes ago, you know, went out, was so happy. Again, I do thank the, sh- thank the shoes a bit. But I went out the next week and did that session five by a K at the pace that I held for the race mm-hmm. and had a nice minute of walking in between. Again, I know I said don't walk, but when I say I couldn't run, I couldn't run. Jeez. <laughs> and this is the week after doing it. So like your body, it needs time to build up to it. So I obviously wasn't fully recovered that day. Yeah. And so you know, I really should have scaled it back, maybe done four of them. But in my head, I'm like, oh my God, I did this like not that long ago. I should be able to. But there's no way you'd ever just jump straight into it like that. And obviously at a race, you have all the adrenaline and stuff coursing through your body. You tend to go faster anyway in race. But yeah, you're never going to go straight out week one. Um, Week one is usually something really nice and simple, minute on, minute off. I love that session. That's actually the session. Anytime I take a week off or down week and I want something nice to get the legs turning over, but not too taxing, just a minute on minute off and don't even look at the pace. That's also the other thing for a while is don't have to 
worry, especially if you're not someone who knows what target they want to be mm. running at. So like you've obviously set target at four minutes if you can get it. But if you just want to go out and run your best 5K, to start off with for the first few weeks, you don't have to put that focus on, okay, one minute. She said, I had to go this distance in a minute. No, nobody said that. You're doing this to feel good. You want to be comfortable running at this pace. So therefore, we're not going to put pressure on you to run a certain thing starting off because then it just sets a really, really bad tone for the next six weeks. Gotcha. I think you'd agree with that. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Uh, yeah, it, that's exactly what we talked about. Even, even bringing back the very base of the couch to 5K and, and just getting into running. Don't go out and completely crease yourself because you're not going to get back out there again. Like in the first week of the program, the longest run, like your long run for the week is only 45 minutes. So you're not even going out killing yourself. And one thing as well that I think is so underrated is strides. Do you ever do strides after you run? No, I got into it once when I was doing seven Ks around here where at the last kilometer, I did it for a little bit, uh, but I was literally like lamppost to lamppost. I, I got more you know, strides or frat lit kind of thing where like it was like the last kilometer only and that was about it. But before then, like literally just the mind zoned out and I was just listening to whatever was on, on the music. So I need to do no, more. Like strides. strides are literally, you do your run, you finish your run. Great, done, dusted. And then you just do five by 20 seconds. Comfortable. Okay. And that's just it. You've just done your nice, easy run at conversation pace. Again, that's as fancy as it's going to be. Like, it's going to be conversation pace. Mm -hmm. You judge that. Um, And then the strides, they're not meant, you can go as quick as you like, but you're just turning the legs over. So the focus should be that really quick turnover. It's 20 seconds. You're not going to be out of breath after it, but you're getting your body into that really nice kind of race form, try and be up tall, quick turnover, stride, not too long. And you just do it after an easy run. And it's just amazing what it actually does, especially if you do the easy run the day before an interval session. If you do a few strides after it, you're just getting those legs ready. You're, you know, you can talk about muscle memory or whatever you want. Your body has just been like, okay, we feel good. We've done five by 20 seconds quick. Yeah. I feel great. By by quick turnover, do you mean trying to get the foot back down to bring the other one off, kind of like a piston action, or do you mean getting the knee up high above the hips so you're getting a lot more movement and then going faster that way for those 20 seconds? Um, It's more just, I suppose, a quick cadence. So your normal running cadence, they reckon, is about 180. Yep. This would probably just be a bit quicker. You're just trying to get that turnover nice. You can throw in the high knee lift if you want and things like that and kind of exaggerate it a bit. But it's not necessary. But you don't have to. So have you ever seen a sprinter warming up? Sometimes they show them at the start of a race, you see this really exaggerated high knee lift. Hmm. That's just to get them, you know, just it has something to do with their form as well. You know, good running form. If you see any sprinter or any middle distance running, they do have a really nice knee lift. So if you start doing that in your strides, just exaggerate it. It just becomes more, it just becomes more comfortable when you go back to your normal stride. You're just going for that high knee lift, but it's not as exaggerated as, as your strides. But again, you don't have to do that. It's just literally a quick turnover and it's only 20 seconds. It's just to feel comfortable running fast. 
And it just sets you up nicely if you have an interval or a tempo session the next day. Unreal. Um, now the hard part, putting it all together, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That is the hard part. I know, like, it's really not. If you when I talk to anyone about it, nobody, like, if you're elite level, you, the maximum you're going to be doing is three sessions a week. Um, for just trying to improve your 5K, twice a week for four of the six weeks is more than enough. Okay. So you don't have to be going out thinking every second day I have to do these intervals. That's not necessary. You're going to burn yourself out. You're just going to get fed up with the program and then maybe quit halfway through. Okay. So it is designed that in the first week, you're just going to do a few strides, do that one minute on, one minute off, like real feel good sessions. And then every week you're going to do maximum of two interval sessions spread out throughout the week, three to four days between them. And they're gradually going to increase in duration. Okay. So you're not going to go straight for your five by a K because I mean, let's face it. Nobody wants to do that straight off. Nobody wants to be in the hurt locker straight away. You do want to feel good about it. Like, cause I think at the end of the day, 5k is such a nice distance that a lot of the time it is mental. It's that feeling sore from the start or going out too hard and then suffering the whole way through. So if you can just nail your pacing by the time you hit 4k, then you start going, okay, now I'm hurting, but there's only a kilometer to go. But that's the great thing about having a coach is you don't have to think about it. You just yeah. have to. <laughs> and that's what I said a while ago. I'm going to look for a coach myself this year because I've got to the point where everything that I've done, I've you know managed on my own, but now I'm in unknown territory. It's yeah. like, how, especially for triathlon, like for running, I know what I need to do to get quicker, but I can't do that while trying to do intense bike sessions while trying to do swimming. I did I think I did seven and a half kilometers in the pool this week. That's Jesus. a for me. Yeah. So <laughs> I suppose if nothing else, it's just the time to fit in everything. And, you know, knowing when do you do you're we're, you will have this issue but again it depends on how seriously you want to take the bike but if you're trying to do bike sessions with run workouts i don't have enough of a background in triathlon to know what way to structure it so my plan for this year is you know maybe a 70.3 might be on the cards but that is so out of my depth that in the next few months i am on the hunt for a coach who again takes the whole planning out of it just going to tell me what to do when to do it and i think it'll just be a game changer it, it's mad how much how much of that, that a selling point something that simple is because like even in the gyms and stuff i'm working in now the one of their fa- like those guys there that are high level in terms of training and all the rest and, and they're like geez they know what they're doing that they're really good form and everything else and they go just to come in look at the board see what's on today and get the odd tip and, and, and advice from me. But for the most part, it's just what's on the board. I'm a set time. I have the in and out, in and out, get it done. Uh, and it's brilliant without thinking. And that's why when we we're talking over Christmas, I'm like, here, you know your shit. We're running a lot more than I do. I'm trying to fit in this and this. And I've already learned on this podcast alone in terms of, hey, 
here's how I can get my cycling in and work towards Glen the Lock as well as go for 5K PB. Like without you there, I, I would have tried to fit it in, but I would have been thinking, am I doing too much? Am I doing too little? Am I harming my running? Um, how many times shoot intervals? I probably would have done a 5K, um, one by 1K, five by 1K this week or the next week just to see where I was at and trying to get towards that. Whereas like you say, oh, I would have burnt myself out. And I've, I've done that so many times before doing 5Ks that when it comes time to do a 5K PB, I, I'm I, that great phrase you said a second ago in the hurt locker from the first step of a 5k pb i'm, I'm straight in and i've talked before in this podcast i would rather go out and do 10 miles than a 5k pb any day of the week because it's horrific but hopefully over the next six weeks and we will be talking about my, my progress through your training and all the rest um that when it comes up it'd be very interesting what happens every 15th when i when i go for that 5k pb <laughs> i know i'm just a sh- Pity that I'm not at home. I live just outside. I used to live just outside, Clay, and I would have definitely been down there to see. It. But like that's it. That's why with this program, and like anyone can sign up for this program in the coming weeks. Um, you know, the whole emphasis is to take it off distance. There's runs in there. Most weeks, there's like a 30, 40 minute max run. And then your long run possibly gets up to 70 minutes. So we really want to take the emphasis off that long, slow running that, you know, get it out of your head. That 10 miles is your comfort zone. No, we want to be short and snappy because if we're doing these long you know, just time on our feet, really slow. Our body's like, oh, I like this. I'm comfortable at this. Why would I want to go quicker? But if you start doing these interval sessions and these tempos, they're like, okay, wow, fast running is not actually that bad. Then it completely shifts your mindset. And actually a brilliant, um, I don't even know where I heard this, but this is exactly what I tell myself is that it never gets easy. You just get quicker. Right. And I think that's so true because you can come around this time next year. So let's say this program, hopefully, fingers crossed, goes really well for you. You could come out next year, do the exact same program. You would just hopefully have quicker times. So then you're still going to feel the exact same way doing it, but you'll just be quicker. So this this program exact so to your point this program you have here this six week program you could always do this program it's just a times change as in like what you're more comfortable with so it's it's not yeah. like this this program is suitable for for example my my case a, a twenty two minute five k and I need to get down to twenty one or twenty it's like once you can do a five k comfortably you can you can slot this in pretty much at, 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 at any level. To get to get to get a better 5k over over six weeks. Absolutely. Again, the key thing is you'd want to be doing a bit of running. Like you're not going to go straight from your couch into this program. And like most of the sessions I've plucked from sessions that I've done over the years. Right. It's nothing fancy. Like at the end of the day, middle distance running is very very basic. If you strip back all the fancy stuff, yeah. a lot of the coaches are doing the same things. Now, obviously, if you were to stick with a program for longer, you'd throw in different things like hill sessions, things like that. But just for getting yourself comfortable running quick and building up to a 5K, um, hopefully 5K PB, it is just the same stuff. And you just adjust the pace depending on where you're at. The simple stuff works. Yeah, but that's the thing. 
keep it simple. Yeah. And actually the 10K program would be very, very similar. It's going to be almost identical, just obviously longer. Yeah. So if you wanted to do the 10K equivalent of this program, it would just be suggested that again, you're quite comfortable at the 10K distance. So suddenly your recovery runs go from 30, 40 minutes to maybe 45, 50 minute recovery runs. Gotcha. Just building it up. And then your intervals, you don't quite have to go to 10 by a kilometer, but you'd work up to maybe eight by a kilometer. Because I suppose it's like with the marathon. Um, don't they reckon with the marathon, if you can get to three quarter distance, you'll make it to the finish? Yeah. If you can get to 8K, you're going to finish a 10K race. Like you talked about, the adrenaline all kicks in on race day. It, yeah. It's a different feeling. It's a different animal completely. And on that note, Rachel, thank you for that. That That is genuinely very, very helpful for me. I'm looking forward to these, these six weeks. I'm a little bit nervous because I put myself out there now in terms of like people, like, well, people are not. In my mind, they will be, which is enough. Uh, looking at see how I get on and claim in, in six weeks' time, be like, oh, I wonder how Rachel's program worked. Uh, I feel like a bit of a guinea pig in that, but I don't have to be the only guinea, guinea pig. Because if you are interested in joining me and doing this uh, 5K, maybe not in claim, but going for a 5K PB in six weeks' time, maybe one of your goals for 2022 is do a 5K PB in, in six weeks' time and getting that done out of the way for the start of the year, have a start, have something to aim for. And like Rachel said, just literally not have to think about your training plans, just to open up an app, for example, and look and go, okay, this is what I plan today. This is what I'm doing. Get in touch with Rachel. She looks at how I got on. Then we will have the link in the description for this podcast episode to sign up for Rachel's 5K and 10K PB plan. So if you are interested in that, guys, click on the link. Um, a ton of information right there. But putting that all together into the exact numbers and distances and everything else you can do to build yourself over six weeks without thinking, if this is a goal for you in 2022, you'd be crazy not to take Rachel up on her offer on this one. So um, I'm really, really looking forward to this challenge, Rachel. It's, it's, it's going to be class. And, and hopefully I do you proud in six weeks' time. I cannot wait for these six weeks. It's going to be so exciting. It's going to be nice to see someone else do it and not not worry about having to race myself. <laughs> I'm so nervous. <laughs> we'll get you across the line. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Rachel. Uh, before we wrap it up, is there anything throughout the last 30, 40 minutes we've been talking, is there is there any nuggets or any piece of advice you feel like you, you left out there uh, just, just before we wrap it up? Not saying that, that there is, because I can't think of anything to be totally honest shit, but if there is anything that pops into your head just before we wrap up this episode. Like, I think the main thing is to remember that whatever your goals are, especially fitness, they can fit around your life. Like you don't have to change your life to fit these in. And the great thing about the plan is it's a long run on a Saturday. And if you get it done Saturday morning, you have the rest of your weekend just free. Don't have to think about training. So, you know, it is designed to fit in around your life. Um, And I think that's important that you know, our goals and the things we want to achieve, you know, can coexist in our life without having to put your life on hold for six weeks while you chase that goal and then have other areas of your life fall apart. You know, I think we need to find ways of blending it all together in a way that we're happy to go out. Most of these sessions won't take you 40 minutes. So, you know, some of them 40 to 40 minutes to 60 minutes is really all you're going to need a few evenings a week. And, you know, I think I always go back to this point as well. Have fun. If it's not fun, you need to reassess. 
Are you going too hard? Is it just not the right time in your life? But that is my one piece of advice. And it's something that I constantly come back to is you need to be enjoying it and having fun. Now it is type two fun. You're not going to be, <laughs> you know, it's not going to be your normal. Oh, yay. Like <laughs> Type two fun. Okay. It has to be enjoyable. You have to feel good after it, but that is just the most important. 100%. Couldn't agree anymore that it, it, it's all about balance for, for me as well. Like it's something that I want to do. I want to get that 5k PB, but by embrace the journey, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy the ups and downs and everything comes with it. Uh, Rachel, thank you very much for um, all your info over, over this podcast. Looking forward to that challenge. Guys, once again, link in the description if you are interested in signing up and have Rachel as your coach over the next six weeks. But with that said, uh, I'm getting out for one last cycle and run today. It's a Sunday morning as we record this. Uh, Sunday night over in Rachel, where Rachel is right now. So I'm looking forward to getting one last run and cycle. And then after that, Rachel, I'm all yours for the next six weeks, whatever you have in store for me. With that said, guys, thank you very much for listening to the very first episode of the Endgame Run Day podcast for 2022. Myself and Rachel and Eric from earlier. Take care. Happy New Year.